Welcome to the C12 Podcast. C12 is a college and young adult ministry where 20-somethings at 12 Stone Church gather on Thursday nights. We hope you are encouraged and guided by today's message. Oh, what is up, C12? Merry kind of Christmas. We're almost there. Uh, who's excited for Christmas to come? Um, and who, who like balls out for Christmas? Like every year you're like buying all the best gifts and like uh, we got a couple. Uh, who's like I'm broke and you're getting a gift card that I used a week ago? Uh, from Zaxby's, because uh, I'm keeping the Chick-fil-A for me. So uh, you get the other stuff. But uh, hey, welcome to C12. If it is you, uh, if it is your first night here, we always say uh, welcome home. And we are so glad that you are here. Uh, we throw us up every week, but if you're new, hey, we'd love for you to get connected and we just love to follow up with you. Go ahead and scan that if you missed us on the way in. Uh, we just love to follow up with you and, and uh, show what it means to just get plugged into a ministry family. So you can go ahead and uh, scan that. Um, but I want to talk about our, uh, since uh, being on the topic of Christmas, we have our Christmas party that is happening next Thursday. So bring your uh, ugly Christmas sweater. Uh, I said this joke earlier, so I got to preface it so it can also win now because uh, it didn't win earlier. But I am wearing my Alabama sweatshirt next week. Um, Awesome. Didn't win again. All right. 0 for 2. Um, never going to mention that ever again. But uh, hey, next week is our ugly Christmas sweater party. Uh, so bring an ugly Christmas sweater with you. We're going to have uh, food. We're going to take time to celebrate everything this past year and also look ahead uh, towards the new year. Uh, but if it was your first night, like I said, welcome home. You probably got one of these on the way in. Uh, and I just want to do a little uh, stage giveaway. It is a beanie. Uh, it's a free beanie. If you can uh, say uh, Home Alone is my favorite Christmas movie. Uh, how many Home Alone fans we got in the room? Come on. Yeah, Home Alone is the best Christmas movie of all time. Uh, the McAllisters in the first one, they are what, if you can say, first person to shout it and that I hear it, it's going to be total chaos, but uh, first person to shout out where the McAllisters went to on vacation and left Kevin behind. Oh, I heard Florida. Did you say Florida? What did, what did you say? You said Florida, you said Paris. I heard Paris from you first. I'm gonna give you a good toss into, oh, uh, well, welcome. You got a free beanie uh, for you, but let's pivot gears into tonight. Uh, Annette, I want you to come on up. Hey, can you guys get up for Annette? Uh, if you know Annette, you love her. And uh, she has led a, uh, a small group here uh, at C12 for a while now, and uh, a whole year, a whole, a whole stinking year. Um, and, uh, and so uh, tonight I just want to, uh, we're going to do something that we did last week. And uh, to be honest, we didn't really uh, plan for this, I would say. Um, we, uh, originally you're going to do yep. uh, a sermon on, on peace. Yes. And then, uh, how many of you guys were there on Sunday and you heard Kevin, uh, talk about peace Fire. and praying through anxiety. Uh, come on. If you have not watched that, you need to go back and watch that yep. sermon of what does it mean to kind of post guard. Mm -hmm. And so you had a, a teaching that we had to pivot gears. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember the he, text. He taught it. <laughs> and, and you're better. like, we can't do awesome. the same thing again on Thursday. <laughs> and so we were like, oh crap. Um, <laughs> And so, uh, to be honest, on, on Monday we had to like think through. Okay, hey, mm -hmm. let's let's switch gears here. And uh, I, I know <laughs> uh, nothing happens just by a mistake. And I right. think tonight um, we could just kind of sat through and just thinking through. Hey, what could? Uh, how could tonight be helpful? And we think that we just wanted to go deeper uh, with that same topic. And so uh, we. 
If you've been, uh, like if tonight's your first night, you haven't been around C12, we've been in a, a Fruit of the Spirit series, and uh, tonight is our last week uh, doing it. So we are going over the topic of peace, like it was fitting going into the Advent Christmas season, and, uh, and so tonight we're kind of going into that topic, we're just going a, a little deeper with it. Uh, and so um, we kind of started this whole series based off the premise of uh, you bear fruit, uh, uh, the fruit of the Spirit becomes evident, you bear that because you actually have a personal uh, experience with God. And, uh, and so tonight we just want to uh, kind of go over some questions uh, and we want to kind of land the plane with this whole series about how we started. Uh, if you were part of that worship night back in September, we kind of kicked off the whole Fruit of the Spirit series. We kind of talked about what does it mean to actually have an experience and encounter with God uh, where you actually now begin to bear the fruit that you should be producing as a follower of Jesus, which leads into tonight going over uh, the fruit of the Spirit of, of peace. And yes. tonight is the last week of that. And so um, you guys know Annette. Uh, a lot of you guys know her from a small group. She's taught here before. Uh, come on. Uh, I love my small group people. <laughs> uh, but I, we always ask this question to anyone coming in uh, mm -hmm. of what is your, your hot takes? Uh, last week you might have, you know, uh, you heard um, I have a take on eggnog and how I think it's <laughs> yep. the, the the worst thing. Um, Amen. Uh, I'm but with him. you, you, uh, what? I want to know your hot takes. Uh, what are the hot takes that you're like? Yep, this is uh, something that is an unpopular opinion, but something I deeply believe. Yes. So, um, we're in the Christmas season, which is also known as the Christmas, the season of cookies. Can I get a witness? Y'all okay? It's warm in here. Cookies. You have like the widest variety of cookies ever during Christmas. You notice that? Some of them are super weird and they have strange stuff on them, but I'm not sure what it is. But I love sugar cookies are my favorite. Yes. Frosted, frosted sugar or cookies. Both. Frosted or no frosted? Both. If no, you no frosting, just a sugar cookie. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Uh, okay. If you make All them right. if you make them All well. Right. <laughs> If you I, uh, make them well, they are gold. I'll bring you some, Alex, so I you can experience it. I don't know. If, okay. Here's the hot take. Here's the hot take. Who drinks milk with their cookies? Okay, great. Milk should be coupled with cookies. Milk should not be drank alone. It, it, is, a, it is an accompaniment beverage. Milk is an accompaniment beverage. And, and cold milk is where it's at with cookies. Who drinks warm milk? <laughs> you would be surprised. No, but listen, in order for the milk to be cold, I think you drop a couple ice cubes in it to keep it super cold. See, unpopular. Because milk is not a drink that you sip. You just drink it. You don't sip. So Can if I, you let it sit, it's going to be warm and icky and nobody wants that. So you so just drop I, I ice cube I have a hot take it. off your hot take. How about right? <laughs> Look at us! Yes, uh, I'm from it. the I'm from the Midwest. Does anybody did anyone grow up drinking uh, milk for dinner? Like you had that? Okay, yep, yep. Midwest, we're definitely psychopaths, but it's okay. We uh, it was common that we'd have milk for <laughs> dinner. And my rule in my household was that my mom, she said, before you ever have any soda, you have to have a glass of milk. Mm-hmm. Yep, my and, grandmother. Uh, of did course, that too. me. I'm like, cool. There's a rule. Let's break it. So I, uh, <laughs> I pour myself a glass of skim milk because we grew up in like a non-fat household, and we're like, hey, everything is water. fit and active. Yeah. yeah, it's literally just water. <laughs> and I remember we'd always pour a glass, we dump it down the drain while we, uh, and then I showed my mom like I drank it, uh, and I, we just dumped it uh, down the drain every single mm -hmm. time. But I always had a glass of milk for dinner every time. Uh, and yep. uh, it was definitely, I came down here and I told people and they're like, you should That's never weird. mention that to anybody ever again. Because you don't just drink milk. E yep. It has to go with dessert. 
maybe not cookies, but cake. It has to go with dessert. <laughs> and I think this is another, another level of a hot take. I probably shouldn't do it, but I'm going to do it. You go right if ahead. If you drink milk just as a beverage, I think you might have a mommy attachment. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think there might be something deeper psychological there. That's my thought. There might be data on it. <laughs> when you do that to Alex, you just succeeded. Yes. yes I don't know good. how to transition from this <laughs> to uh, our next question. So peace. But I'm going to try. <laughs> how do you have peace when you have mommy attachments? Um, yes. God will give you peace. Yeah. I'm going to think about that. Next time I drink like a true mood chocolate milk, I'll be like, do I have mommy issues attachments? You chocolate know? milk is different. Um, Strawberry milk, that's different. We're talking oh, plain. Oh, yeah, let's, let's center on the milk conversation. Milk. We're going to awkwardly stick there for another two seconds. Strawberry milk, yes or no? Sure. Sure. Yes, strawberry milk. Hey, we keep it. Yeah. Wow, okay. Not a I, lot. I but cannot. Yeah. I can. Okay. I can't say the joke I was going to now because we, uh, <laughs> we're not in agreement. Um, <laughs> but... Um, I, I don't. I really don't even know how to transition from this. It's all right. Uh, Just do it. You guys but, are okay, uh, right? Everybody's okay. <laughs> uh, we we and, and we always want to know the hot takes. You know, we yes. just we got to know. We got to start out with some with some fun in that. Uh, but we we know. Hey, a lot of us in this room are uh, 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 young adults in the room, and uh, a lot of people that are uh, maybe they're stepping out of college. You got some people that are in college that go to GGC, UNG, but a lot of people in this room that are. Um, uh, just in a stage of life where, hey, it's a new transition. It's a, I'm entering into a, a new stage. And so um, we just wanted to, uh, one, just sit down and have you here to have a conversation of, hey, we want to pull from, from that well of young adult years that you have walked through mm -hmm. and kind of look over the last 20 years <laughs> of your life. And uh, I want to talk over the, the topic of peace tonight. I wasn't going to ask this question originally, but I, I feel like I kind of felt prompted to ask the, the question. Cool. Um, because everything centers around, this whole series centers around you actually cultivating uh, a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. um, now, there are seasons where it feels like I want to, and then there are seasons where I feel like I don't want to. And uh, sometimes we justify seasons and we say, well, if I had a bad week or a bad day, that means I'm having a bad season. And in uh, and, and the day-to-day -day grind, in the week-to-week -week, uh, grind of things, what do you do of how do you uh, cultivate a relationship with God when you just don't feel like it? Like maybe you came in tonight uh, and, and people are here and they're like, man, I just don't feel like it. I don't mm -hmm. want to worship. I don't want to pray. Uh, I, I, I don't want to cultivate a relationship. I don't, I, I really like my emotionally where I'm at is not spiritually where I should be. Yeah. And uh, how, what would you say um, when you don't feel it, when mm -hmm. you don't, uh, when you don't really desire it? Yeah. Well, first of all, I've been following Jesus for a really long time and there've been lots of seasons where I didn't feel like it. So there's not something wrong with you, uh, necessarily. Um, I think that what I'd have to say, though, rather than a practice, I'd have to go back to what you actually believe. Because if you stop that pursuit, then did you actually believe that Jesus is who he says he is and he did what he said he did? I would wonder about that. Because if you really, if you really, if something has clicked um, and you've, the Holy Spirit has revealed himself to you in that way. I don't know. It's hard to go back on that. It is hard to feel motivated at times, um, but it's spiritual survival. Honestly, we kind of have to look at it that way. If I, um, sometimes you lose your appetite, but you still know it's important that you still need to feed your body. 
sometimes like, oh, I got sick and food just doesn't taste good, but you don't just stop eating. Um, I think that sometimes we opt out of things because of our emotions, uh, because we don't, if it, because it was only an emotional connection maybe. And we, it, and in this season, in the young adulthood years, I think that's the prime time when you're figuring that out. Growing up, if you grew up in the church, then you had this like foundation that was kind of, you know, seeded into your life. That's a great foundation. But if you're not careful, it was based on the faith of your parents or the faith of your youth pastor or your, your church, and it never actually, you never actually made it your own. Um, and, and you can base that on, well, I just don't feel it anymore. You know, that we get lost in our emotions a lot, and we need to look at it as spiritual survival. And if I'm bought in, if I understand that Jesus is who he says he is, I can't not go after that. I can't not. I may not feel it, but I'm still going to do take the steps. I'm still going to feed my spirit. Does that make sense? Yeah. What would you say to maybe someone who's coming in and, the, and it feels dry? Like I, mm-hmm. I, I'm doing the things I know I need to do, and uh, and I am praying, and I am asking, and I am uh, you know worshiping. I'm I'm seeking God in private, um, but it just felt really dry. Yeah. Um, and and when it feels dry, it it at times feels like you. you uh, like either something's wrong, but you don't feel the presence of God, nor do you feel his peace. Mm-hmm. And so what would you say to someone coming in and saying, hey, I'm I'm in a dry season of my life. Um, how, how would you respond to someone in that stage of life? Um, I would say that, first of all, that I think that's a regular part of the rhythm of following Jesus is to have some people call them desert seasons or the wilderness. That's like a super Bible word. Uh, dry, disconnected. Sometimes you just feel disconnected. I feel like I'm praying and I feel like my prayers are just hitting the ceiling and not going anywhere. Um, my genuine belief is if you've made a decision to follow Christ, that is probably a testing season. More often than not. If it's not the result of your own lack of spiritual practice, like if you, if you just stop pursuing God, I think it's going to feel dry. It's going to feel distant. He'll, the Holy Spirit's going to continue to pursue you, but if you don't reciprocate, like, it's going to feel dry. He hasn't left you, but you're not going to sense his presence in a real way, the way that you usually did. So if it's not that, and if you are still going after him, like you were saying, I'm still doing the things. I wonder if you may be in a testing season. The Bible talks often about our faith is tested. And so it's, sometimes it's like, I wonder if it's God saying, if you don't feel what you felt before, do you still believe I am who I said I am? And sometimes we need that. You don't get to advance to another level. If you're in college right now, um, or if you're even in your job, maybe if you've gone through a licensing process. I met someone tonight who went through boards, medical boards. You don't get to advance and do the next thing unless you pass the test at this level. We've been doing that for years and in our spiritual life. I think that God, that's part of the process for us too. We want to grow. We want more of him. So he's like, okay, what if I pull back this? Are you still with me? And it helps us continue to grow and advance in our faith. And, and, and these years are filled with a lot of, you know, transitions, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, either stepping out of college or you pick a new major or you, uh, you're, you know, your class rhythms are different now or you switch schools or you got a new job or whatever. Um, how many in the room over the last six months to a year, you've gone through some sort of new transition? You either started school, picked a new major, got a new job. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, almost all of you. Me too. Um, <laughs> and so in, uh, in, in, in every season, uh, you know, you know, like at the end of the day, like, you know that the, the priority is like, I have to seek God. 
uh, I know that's the priority. But uh, every every transition uh, just brings about a new pressure, mm-hmm. um, and and every new job change is just it, because everything's new. It just feels heavier, um, and so how do you keep God at the highest priority when you feel like new pressures overwhelm you? Yeah, I love this question. I think it's a really wise question. Um, I think there's a principle in, in Jewish culture, and we, we read about it in the Old Testament first, and it's called first fruits. Um, when they would bring sacrifices to God as a part of their worship, he would say, bring your first fruits. And what that means is literally the best. So whatever it was that you produced, whether you were a livestock farmer, whether you, were, um, you grew crops, uh, whether you were a, a blacksmith, and you, whatever, whatever your trade, you would lay out all of the things that you have and you would take the best of the best and bring that as an offering to God. That principle of first fruits shows a whole bunch of things. And I think that when, when priorities are shifting in the world, like circumstances are going crazy around you, which we're all experiencing that in a bunch of different ways right now. Um, I think our tendency is to go in survival mode. And we hang on, we cling to everything we have because we're terrified we're going to lose it. It's uncertain. New things are coming. Like, oh my goodness, if I'm, if I'm starting a new job, you hang on to every little piece of feedback you get because you're like, I got to be the best at this. And we panic. And I think that we forget that first fruits principle. In order to bring your first fruits, um, you got to trust God with your very best. And, and I think that that means that no matter how crazy life is, look at all the time you have in a day. How often do we give him what's left over? And, and a lot of times he doesn't get any time. If I were to have given God <laughs> what was left over today, I would not have talked to him yet. Because the moment I opened my eyes, it started, and it didn't stop until I walked in the door. Um, we, look at, we only have so much time. You only have so much money, even when you're, you're like, I'm young and broke, right? <laughs> I get that. I, get, I remember that season very well. You only have so much money. You only have, like, you only have so many emotional resources. You've only got so much capacity inside of you, like things that you can withstand, or even friendship. You can only extend yourself to so many people. And when we, when we give away all of our best to everything and everybody around us in an effort to pursue success or to just get through the next thing, we, God often doesn't get anything when he gets what's left because we usually spend it. Have you ever seen that? I was actually going to bring it, but again, today was today. It was an interesting day. I was going to bring a jar. Have you ever seen the illustration where there's a jar, big jar, and you have large rocks, like about the size of a fist, you have a bunch of pebbles, and you have sand. Have you ever seen that before? You guys seen that before? And it's talking about, you know, like, the best use of your time and how to prioritize. I think it works so beautifully in spiritual things, too. Because if you think about a jar, um, the illustration goes like this, if you haven't heard it. Um, they put the big rocks in, and there's, like, you know, the big rocks, and they say, is it full? They fill it all the way up to the top with big rocks. And is this jar full? Yes, everybody thinks it's full. Then they take these little pea-sized pebbles and they start to shake those in there and they fill in all the gaps around the big rocks, right? Is this jar full? Yes, it's full. Then they pull out sand and they pour that in. And of course, sand 
is able to fill in even more. All Every tiny little space gets filled in, and the jar is now, in fact, actually full. And they said this works uh, because you put the big rocks in first. Then you have another jar. You fill it with the sand first. You already know what's going to happen. It's going to fill to a certain point. Then you put the pebbles in. It's going to fill to a certain point. Now you can maybe get three or four rocks in the jar. It's not going to fit. You let all the little stuff take up all the space. And I think that that's something we're super guilty of spiritually is we allow ourselves to get totally used up in the sand and in the pebbles. It's not like they don't matter. They do matter. But when you give God your first fruits and you make the big rocks your first priority and you give him your best, miraculously everything else fits. And that's that, that verse that says, seek first the kingdom of God and then everything else will be added to you. To me, that's like a great visual of what that actually means. Yep. And, and when it comes to seeking that out, because I know that I seek out the presence of God to obtain his peace. And uh, it's in his presence that I find peace. Um, but in seasons where there is a lot of pressure, it feels like the pressure is like a, it wants to grab and suck your attention away from, you know, God's presence because everything's new around you. Yeah. Um, but in, in sometimes it can be hard to distinguish um, what is uh, when am I burnt out versus when I'm when I'm facing pressure. And uh, what, you know, is there such a thing as healthy pressure? You know, because yeah. pressure sometimes feels like it's just a, it's a negative thing. Like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, pressure, it's too much. It's too much for me. Um, and so speaking to that of how you, uh, you know, in your life have obtained the peace of God through seasons where you're burnt out and where you needed to distinguish, um, am I just facing a lot of pressure or am I actually burnt out? Right, right. That's Another great question, especially for the season that y'all are in. And I think with every year that passes after you hit 18, the pressure increases. Naturally, there's just a bunch of things that start to enter your world from 18 to 30. It, it just seems to steadily increase. In some cases, it significantly increases depending on the, the choices that you make. And it can be hard to discern that. Sometimes we look at, at pressure or stress and we're like, oh, I feel a pressure or stress. This must, something must be wrong if I feel stressed out. That's not necessarily true. Um, just like when you, if you physically work out, if you don't ever, if it doesn't ever hurt, you're not getting any benefit of what you're doing. Um, because this, the pressure and the stress on your muscles is what actually creates strength, makes the muscles lean and strong, right? Same thing, again, spiritual principle. God loves to use biology to teach us about him. Um, I think the same thing is really true. That well, We talked about dry seasons. That's in pressure in a way. So you're like, God, where are you? There's like this lack of his presence, uh, what it feels like. Um, and so I think that when, when it comes to knowing the difference between the two, there's a couple of things that I think are really crucial. Because stress leads to productivity. Um, today was a, a stressful day for me, but we got a lot done today. We could a lot of kingdom stuff today. We had some amazing conversations. I'm on staff at the church, if you didn't know that. Um, There's some kingdom-moving stuff that happened today, and, and it was stressful, but it was productive. I would never have walked away from that day and went, oh, what a terrible day, because I felt all this pressure. Um, I did feel pressure. I felt inadequate at times under the pressure. I felt like, oh, wow, I don't know if we're gonna, if we're gonna get all this done. I'm not sure how this is gonna happen. Um, Healthy stress or healthy pressure uh, is productive. 
Like it leads to something, and it should be connected to something that has purpose. I think burnout happens when you no longer know the purpose. You're not sure, what am I even doing this for? And you've lost, and, it, and it's not productive. Stress that doesn't produce anything that is growing or moving you forward or creating forward momentum, um, I'm not sure that it has a lot of use. You, you need to examine that. I'm putting myself through all this stress. Here's a, here's a practical example. Um, in a romantic relationship, and it's not like it's bad necessarily, but it's not going anywhere. You kind of, you're still the same person. You're still in the same place. You're still stuck. They're, they're the same person. There's no growth toward each other, toward God. There's no growth um, as an individual. But to be in a relationship requires time and energy and effort and all of that. So it's a lot of pressure you're putting on yourself. And if it's not going anywhere, I would question whether this may, and it may burn out. It may fizzle out. Probably will. What are, what are some things that you feel like are um, common uh, um, things that maybe young adults do or things that we do that puts pressure on ourselves that is unnecessary? Mm. Um, of things that, like, uh, it's an emotionally unhealthy stressor that actually doesn't need to be there. Yeah. Um, it's something in our life that I, actually, if you got rid of this, this would you wouldn't actually have as much pressure as what you feel. Mm. Um, uh, what would you say are, like, common pressures that actually the world didn't give us but that we picked up? that the world didn't give you, um, in a way, it kind of did, but not intentionally, right. yeah. um, that you have to know exactly what you're doing and where you're going and who you're going to become by, you know, the age of 20. It's, it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous pressure. But it kind of, it kind of unintentionally is put on you. And even through, even through your college years, also, I would say the pressure to um, achieve at the level your parents did by the time you're 25. Like, so many young adults that I'm talking to are trying to reach career levels and career success and, and purchase things that I didn't dream of looking at until I was in my 30s. I just thought I haven't done enough, like, pay your dues, you know? That was I was taught by my parents because I'm, I'm another generation. Uh, there's a lot of expectation somehow in young adults. I think that you feel this pressure that you have to arrive and be successful and start your own company by 25 because there are a small, tiny percentage of people your age that do that, and now social media lets you see all of it. So you think it's everybody. Everybody knows what they're doing except me. Everybody is, is reaching their goals and achieving all this except me, and that's not, it's just not true. It's not true. What, you know, uh, kind of thinking off that, you know, there, there, um, sometimes there's a pressure that, you know, we feel like we got to put on ourselves, but, um, sometimes there's just days where you're like, it's just chaotic. And like, mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't do anything. I didn't pick that up. I didn't put that on myself. It's just, that's the way my cards got dealt today, you yeah. know? And, uh, how many, every time like you're in a chaotic situation, it always feels like everything just happens at one time. Like everything that could go wrong is going wrong all simultaneously. Like, you know what I'm talking about, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, and, uh, there is uh, one day in specific, this is a couple years ago. It was like everything that could go wrong 
did go wrong, and uh, it was like every meeting I had just went. It was just it was bad. It was like the not a not a fun day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember it was like the icing on the cake. I got home and I was like walking downstairs in the basement, and I slipped at the top of the stairs. Oh, no. uh, and I had oh. I had a cup of water, and I was like I, this was like you know oh. I was like end of my day. I'm just gonna go downstairs, and I'm just gonna like just do nothing for like a mm-hmm. solid like just 20 minutes. Yep. And uh, I I had this uh, a cup of water, and I slipped. Uh, off the uh, uh, the very top of the stairs, and I slid all the way down the stairs. Oh. Like it was oh, like all no. it hurt so bad. It was just like, and uh, I remember like I lost my cup of of water, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm I'm weird because I have more ice than actual water, and so uh, <laughs> I I like launched the thing in the air. So the ice hit the ceiling, and then the ice was like pe- like pecking me on the way down the stairs. <laughs> so I'm like going down the stairs. Nice. And I'm like. You know, just like sitting there doing that. I got to the bottom and I was like, I hate my life. You know, it was just like, this sucks. You know, I got so (laughs) mad, you know, and uh, someone in the house, like, I thought thunder was in the distance, you know, and I'm like, you call me fat. That's what you're saying. Okay. Um, You know, and uh, it just felt like on that day, it was like everything was just chaotic. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, it feels like sometimes everything that could go wrong is going wrong. Uh, On those days, how do you still like fight to have peace? Even when, like, everything is chaotic, like, on the road, flat tire, lost my job, my news happened to my family. Everything mm-hmm. just always sometimes feels like it's on the same day. Uh, how do you uh, still kind of fight for that peace? Because Scripture talks about how mm-hmm. it surpasses all understanding. Yeah. And uh, how do you obtain that? How do you yeah. obtain that in, in all the chaos that could happen in potentially one day? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know you were going to ask this. And I found, I saw this quote, um, was it last night? And I grabbed it because I, um, it's literally the answer. I think it's the answer to your question. I love how God does that. There's this quote, uh, Lisa Bevere. She said, I believe that the attacks on your life have much more to do with who you might be in the future than who you have been in the past or who you are now. Who you might be in the future. And I think days like that are a combination of crap happens. I mean, it does. (laughs) Sometimes it's other people's actions that influence that day. But absolutely, we know we have an enemy. The Bible tells us it's really clear. We have an enemy, and he is out to steal, kill, and devour. Those are pretty intense, violent words. And he is out to destroy your peace, to rob you of the inheritance that God has promised. And He doesn't even have to get in your face and get you to deny Jesus to remove your influence from the world. All he has to do is distract you, annoy you, make you so busy that you just don't care about the things of God. And you just go sit in your basement and and just say, I give up. I give up. My life sucks. God hates me. I don't don't know what's happening. If he can do that, then he wins. And so on those days... I think it goes back again. What do I actually believe about who God says he is? Do I act, if I actually believe this, then on those days I know I am his. And he will restore, he will, he'll, he'll refuel me, he'll give me strength to go on in those days. He'll give me back that peace. And I don't, peace that passes understanding I think is one of the greatest gifts we have right now in this particular season that we are, if you're following Jesus because uh, there is, like, no peace in, in our nation. In the world, it's it's chaotic. There's war. There's economic stuff. Like, I, I loved when PK said, 
I didn't like it, but it was true. If you're not anxious right now, you should be. But if you're not calm right now, you could be. And I was like, that is absolutely true. If we're not, if we're not all a little bit anxious, you're literally like you got your head stuck in a hole and you're hiding from life. Because there are things that are happening that are, seem to be out of control. And so we have to go back to the identity that we rem- I remember whose I am. Everything that happened today, it might be an enemy attack. It might be the enemy coming after me. It might be I made some bad choices and this day sucked. It might be other people made some bad choices and today. I don't even always know if we need to analyze those days so much. As much as we do, we try to solve the puzzle. We need to remember, I'm his. I'm his. And I go back and read promises from Scripture to myself. And I pray those things over myself. One of my favorite go-to is greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And that he promises never to leave me or forsake me. Like those are just things I just keep going back to. And speaking, when I don't understand what's happening around me, I speak the truth of God's word because it says it, it's sharp and it will pierce like a two-edged sword. And sometimes I need something to go cutting like a machete down the stuff that's in front of me so I can see forward. Right. Uh, and walk us through, you know, because we're about to enter a little bit of, of an assessment that you kind of yeah. wanted uh, us to jump in on. And, and sometimes it's helpful listening to, like, practical, like, hey, what do you do in these moments? And then there's times where you like, hey, I got to look back. I got to reflect. I got to do kind of a, a deeper uh, a dive into uh, the areas where um, I might be lacking peace or the areas that I got to kind of fight for it. So uh, walk us through this uh, uh, next part, you know, the next yes. 10, 15 minutes or so um, of, of assessment and, and discussion. Cool. Um, I want to share a couple of scripture references with you. So first of all, I want you to take your phone out. Um, if you are like, I always write on paper, that's fine. You can write on paper. I just want, I just want you to save it. I want you to be able to walk out of here with this personal peace assessment we're about to do. Um, but I want you to write, uh, start it on the top. I want to give you a couple scripture references that I think would be great Hopefully the Holy Spirit will stir you and you go back and revisit them. Um, The first one is Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4. And this is, if you know the Bible, you may have heard this. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. That's that's like a great basic scripture on peace. And then um, Psalm 138, verse 3. Psalm 138, verse 3. This is a recent one for me. It says, as soon as I pray, you answer me. You encourage me by giving me strength. And in another version, it says, at the very moment I called out to you, you answered me. You strengthened me deep within my soul and breathed fresh courage into me. I love that. Breathe fresh courage. Okay, so what you're going to do is we're going to put some instructions on the screen. This is a personal peace assessment want you to do this completely by yourself and you're going to start by listing out a few things that when you just kind of look internally kind of be introspective here's some things that I know are robbing my peace they're disturbing the peace that God has given me in my life making me anxious making me fearful whatever the case may be list them out five to seven things and then I want you to go back through that list and rank give it a rank each one not rank score it from one to five one being, this is not great, but I'll be okay. Five being, this is completely dominating my thoughts. It's giving me anxiety, in, maybe even in physical ways. 
And that's a five. Like, that's the top of the scale. So go back and score each one of those things. How significant, how serious are each of those things in your life? Right? And take time with that. If you're a person that tends to be pretty laid back, it might take you a minute. I think for a bunch of us, we can list at least three or four immediately off the top of our head. And then the final thing I want you to do is to just think for a moment about what, how confident do I feel to know how to go after this closeness, connection, intimacy that we've been talking about? How confident am I, a scale of one to five again, five being I absolutely know just what I need to do, and then one is like I have no idea. Um, and, and just do that as like a personal reflection. We're going to put some music on. We're going to give you a couple minutes Take a little bit of time and uh, be honest. You're the only one that's going to see it. All right, you might be wrapping up. Um, I want to bring you back in. It wasn't super long. Maybe you didn't need a ton of time maybe answering those questions or some things that come to your mind pretty quick. If you're still jotting some things down, go for it. Uh, but we kind of wanted to kind of wrap this time up uh, with a little bit of like, okay, now I do a little bit of a, a self-assessment. I got to kind of, I got to talk about it. Um, so uh, walk us through um, what the next kind of 10 minutes looks like yeah. and, and how do we do that? So one of the things that um, will rob your peace so quickly is isolation. Um, one of the, th- the things that often disrupt our peace is things we don't see coming, bad things that we don't see coming. Sometimes stuff you see coming, you're like, okay, I can prepare myself a little bit. But when you don't see it coming, that's the worst. Like usually fear sets in anxiety. And one of the worst things to do at those moments, but we do it so often, is we isolate. We just, we're, we just feel alone in it and we stay alone. And I, when we were talking about this, we just felt like, Let's take a few minutes. You just did kind of a, hopefully you did an honest assessment of the things that are messing with peace right now in your life. And it gives a whole lot of power for you to share that. This is the body of Christ. This is your family, your brothers and sisters. And so we're going to take um, a few minutes. We're going to put some discussion questions on the, the screen. I want you to get with one other person or two at the most. So only groups of three. And I know those of you that are like, we're all besties. I'm sorry. Just pick one or two people at the most because just for the sake of time. Like you just want to have time that everybody gets a chance to kind of talk about it. And um, share as much as you're willing to share. The more you share, the less isolated you feel in this. It really gives power to it to speak. And we're going we're gonna to encourage each other and pray for each other also. Um, can we put those... Questions up for a second. I just want to make sure. Um, so what stands out to you the most from what you just wrote down? Any observation that you're like, wow, this surprised me. Or um, I real, I didn't realize I had so many things that were like four or five. I'm, I'm worried about that. Um, what are two practical next steps you can take to move forward on this? What would you say is a great example of a practical next step? Yeah, I think a practical next step of, of just, you know, um, Kind of from the things that you wrote, like wrote down, I think is is having someone who can, uh, and a friend. I think the person that you're talking to uh, is to kind of help, like confide in that, and and help them towards like, hey, you know what? The reason why I don't have peace is because I haven't spent time with God in the last month or two months, mm-hmm. uh, and and this is why. Well, I think out of it starts a little bit of an accountability in that moment. I think mm-hmm. that could be like a practical next step. I think it could be something that you do in your calendar. It could be a a habit that you yeah. start out of tonight. It could be. Uh, 
maybe some of us have a hard time just being uh, grateful. And uh, I don't know how That's to good. be grateful for things God's given me. And, and I look for all the wrong negative things that don't bring me peace and Maybe that's you writing down, hey, you know what, from here out of tonight, I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to every single day and uh, up until Christmas, I don't know, set whatever mm-hmm. timeline you want, and I'm going to write down three things that I'm grateful for. That's great. It's yep. like things that are practical that to you might be cheesy, but what else are you going to do? Yeah. Like what, what, what else could be a practical next step? So I and think they those don't are need tangible. to be big, yeah. monumental things. Like just make it something you actually could do. I love the one that you said, because number three is, do you have someone in your life you can actually talk to? Do you have... Do you have, and it's not a yes or no question, say more, okay? So like, yes, it's this person. Um, and, and then finally, how can we pray for each other right now? If you have never prayed out loud and that's uncomfortable for you, first of all, we shouldn't force anyone, right? We're not going to force anyone. Here's what I would say to you. Don't overcomplicate it. Um, just talk to God the way you would talk to each other. And you can keep it very basic. If you've never prayed out loud before, if it's like, I'm terrified, we're not going to force you. But I would encourage you to give it a shot. It's one person, maybe two. Um, and just a couple of sentences, very simple. You can say something just as simple as, God, I thank you for what Alex shared. And that I pray you'd give him the strength to take those next steps. That's it. Yeah. It can be as simple as that. All right. So what we'll do is, hey, next uh, five or seven minutes or so, uh, get with a person next to you. Uh, like Annette said, no no bigger than a group of three. Again, we'll put on some music in the background, but work through these. Talk to someone. Feel free if you want to go sit in the back of the room, turn your chairs, do whatever you need to do. Uh, I'll kind of come back up at the very end and kind of close this out uh, and, and pray at the end of the night, and I'll kind of lead back into that. But take the next five to seven minutes, uh, and then I'll come back up.
I'm going to give you like uh, another 30 seconds and then we'll kind of wrap up. back in and uh, I know some of you guys are still talking I want you to stay in your group so if you got your if you got your your chair turn if you got your one or two that you're talking to I want you to I want you to stay stay there for a second and uh, we just uh, if you've been around C12 you know that we end with the, the benediction every single week um, but in instead of you know just saying it and receiving it, we wanted to, to kind of sing that over you. But I kind of wanted to take a couple minutes and just kind of lead into a, a guided prayer time and a guided prayer moment. And uh, uh, prayer is is never powerful because you just watch somebody else on stage pray. Uh, prayer is powerful because you actually engage in prayer. And so there are areas of your life, because I know that their like family dynamics is complicated. Uh, I know that navigating young adult years sometimes just has a lot of pressure to it. And uh, whether you're in a new transition of life, a new job, uh, uh, there are things that weigh on your soul. And there are things in this season that I know um, are either constant anxieties for you or there are new anxieties for you. And, uh, and so as I pray, I want you to kind of turn to that one, two people that you had. Uh, you begin to pray over each other. And we're going to sit here for, for a couple of minutes, and I'm just going to kind of pray out loud. Uh, I might just give it some space to silence for a second. And uh, I think what would please God is that there's not just silence in the room, but there's actually prayers happening in the room. Like prayer is powerful because you engage in it, and, and prayer will never become powerful for you until it becomes personal to you. And I think in a, in a moment, I think maybe it's you just being honest with the person that you're talking to and saying, yep, I'm going to go first. This is what's happened in my life. And uh, I need God's peace in this area. And if you're really honest, it might bring breakthrough for somebody else next to you. And there might be some things in this stage of your life that is weighing on you. And so I want you just to turn to that one or two people that you had uh, go ahead, turn your chairs, whatever, and, and begin to pray with each other, for each other. You might have, maybe haven't gotten that question yet. Maybe you've already done it, uh, and you just need to, to sit in this. But I, I want to pray, and then we're going to step into uh, that song at, at the end. And, and I just want to pray. So, God, I just I ask that you, um, Father, would just would meet us here tonight. God, I pray that you uh, would just speak to people wherever they're at. And, and God, I pray that the areas that's giving them anxiety, God, I pray that your peace, which really truly does surpass understanding, uh, God, would, would, would fill their hearts and minds. Uh, God, I pray that the areas where they feel overwhelmed, God, I pray that you bring them breakthrough. God, the areas where they really, God, probably just need to just be okay and give themselves some grace. God, I pray that would you remind them that, God, you, you are so gracious to them. God, you're so gracious to us. You are so gracious to us. And God, we're often way harder on ourselves than you are with us. And we need to be reminded of, of, of your voice, not our thoughts. And so God, I just pray, uh, God, that we would hear your voice in the room. We would hear your voice over our circumstance. We would hear your voice, uh, God, and that would just bring a, a lot of peace to our soul. 
And so I just pray over you. As you begin to pray in the room, you're praying over each other. I just pray that you would really sense the peace of God right now in the moment. His peace is obtainable if you ask for it. I love what it says in, in, in Scripture. It says you have not because you ask not. Maybe you don't have God's peace because you stopped asking for it. You don't have God's peace in this season because you, you, you're not praying through anxiousness. I love that thought. I want to come back to it. If you're not anxious, you should be. But if you're not calm, you could be. I believe such an anointed <laughs> word for, for Sunday, but it was such a, I've been thinking about it all week. I actually thought about it all week for you. If you're not calm, you really could be. And so, God, I just pray, God, your presence over the room. In the areas where we feel overwhelmed, we feel uncertain, we feel fearful. God, may we not listen to other voices except yours. And God, I'm convinced that you don't speak louder. I think it's just you actually speak quieter. And we need to fight through the noise of the world to actually understand and hear your voice. And so, God, I pray that you would put a spiritual grit inside each and every young adult in the room of, God, what it means to pray through anxiousness. God, that they would not run away from their disappointments. They would not run away from the things that give them anxiety. But, God, they bring it back to you again. So, God, again, we just lay things at your feet. And we come and we, we're here to seek your presence. Because, God, honestly, why else did we come? So as you're praying, why don't you just sing that? Sing that over them. Sing it and just maybe remind you of this blessing that, that God does have for you. Maybe you're just in the room. You just want to keep praying. Uh, you just 
You're like, I, I got something that, I, that I, I'm, I'm going through, and, and we'll have people up front, and we just love to pray with you and pray over you. You're not alone in this. You're not, uh, there's nothing that you have to feel like you face alone, uh, and we just love to, to pray over you and get a chance to meet you. Uh, maybe it is your, your first time with us, and you just want to get to know somebody, meet, meet somebody that you don't know, and, and hey, you can still come forward uh, for that. Um, but maybe for you, you're just like, hey, this was an awesome time getting a chance to, to hang out. We're so glad that you're here. And uh, like I said, next week we got our Christmas party uh, happening, uh, and so we can't wait to have you back uh, next Thursday. Um, but we, uh, we love you guys, and uh, we will see you next Thursday uh, for our Christmas party. Thank you for listening to the C12 podcast today. To stay connected with C12, make sure to follow us on Instagram at C12Stuff. One of the best ways to get connected with others and grow in your relationship with God is jumping into a small group. To sign up for small groups, go to 12stone.com slash small groups and search college. We hope to see you next week.